Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. And we're on. Our guest today is Bob Kay. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thank you. Good to be here. I am so glad to be with you today. Bob discovered his love for cross-cultural missions on a college trip to Monterey, Mexico. With ministry degrees from Washington Bible College and Dallas Theological Seminary, he began to serve in Haiti, where he served as pastor, church planter, radio personality, teacher, and mentor to many in religious and business circles. The 10 churches Bob oversaw tripled in size, which made way for dozens of native church and ministry leaders to emerge, receive formal training, and help manage and expand the growing community of believers. Additionally, the construction of five new church buildings and 22 Christian school classrooms. Bob had been working in Haiti for eight years when he met his wife, Judy, a medical missionary who was also serving in Haiti. They married a year later and then served together for an additional 14 years. After that, they moved to the other side of the island into the Dominican Republic, where they continued doing the same kind of work, pastoring, hosting Bible studies, identifying and training native leaders, and growing the churches. They also started a church-based Bible institute that trained local church leaders and planters and began an after-school program that provided education, food, and Christ's love to children who otherwise would be roaming the streets. They served in Santiago for 13 years before returning to Judy's home to Texas so Judy could be near her mother, who is now 93 years old. Fun fact, Bob's dad is 91 and his mom is 87. Bob and Judy now work with a Hispanic church in Louisville, where they serve as leaders, teachers, and outreach coordinators. I see Bob and Judy continuing to serve the church for many years to come. Bob, I see you as someone who is resilient. You know how to persevere and you don't let anything get in your way. Um, So you're a tough guy. But um, I love your gentleness, your kindness, your generosity. You are a man of peace. How do you see yourself? Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, how much do I owe you, by the way, for saying that? <laughs> you owe me a great podcast, Bob. So okay. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll see if we can do it. We'll we'll see if we can do that. We'll, okay. May I also say Bob's kind of funny, so we might get some laughs. Yeah. Today. I mean, hey, you know, just make sure you know. Let me know how much I owe you, but you know, we really appreciate. I mean, I really appreciate the encouragement. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure that Judy, my wife Judy, listens to this too. You say that, but we've been a big supporter of you as well over the years. So uh, let's get. Into our show today. So how, how did those things develop in you? Have you always been, were you the kid that just wouldn't give up on things? You just had to work it through or is that something you learned? No, not at all. In fact, mm. I, yeah, think of, think about my background. I mean, I came from a family. I think I can say this because I, I turned, I felt that I, I'm emotionally insecure. Uh, and I think and that became from, I think that came from, uh, especially my dad, because he himself, you know, the last of nine kids, and uh, he was pretty, He, especially when he was younger, I felt that he was emotionally insecure, and that came over both to my uh, sister and me. 
However, I just praise the Lord. And I tell people this when I give my testimony. Look, I, you know, I can't live without the, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I said, listen, if I, if I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I probably would be dead. Wow. But God has done a, a work in me, my life, and my mind and I just think, if if you feel that way, well, then praise be to the Lord, because that's his work in me. Wow. Okay, so there's got to be a story here. If it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be dead. What do you yeah. mean by that? Well, I think at some point, if I hadn't given my life to Christ when I was eight years old, I would have probably OD'd on drugs or anything like that. Now, understand, I have no idea how even marijuana smells. I mean, I... Do, I God enabled me to live a clean life, never smoked, drank, or anything like that, because I understood at a, at a, at a young age that God is holy. Mm. Okay, in fact, let me take you to a verse, all right? You know Matthew 5, 28, don't you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, if any man looks on a woman to lust after mm. her, uh, he's already committed adultery with her in, in his heart. Look, I saw that verse when I was 13. Mm. 13 years old. And that enabled me to motivate me to understand and to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ in his holiness. It, that verse mm, kept me good. holy. Good. And I remember that, okay, Bob, not only do you not disobey the Lord Jesus Christ with your actions, but even in your mindset, good, good. take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you see, because of that verse and giving me that mindset, that, I mean, God has been so good to me. It's enabled me to persevere, I guess. Wow, amazing. Um, and yet, you're very drawn to people who are struggling, who have uh, poor self-esteem, who have made poor life choices, who um, have struggled with addictions and uh, difficult life circumstances. That's been kind of the, the goal of your ministry, is to find people just like that and bring them the gospel. Well, I think it's, it's because I understand that. I understand that a little bit. And we're just, uh, both Judy and I uh, attempt to help people. Of course, Judy has the gift of helps. Uh, she's a very helpful, by nature, a very helpful individual. And mm -hmm. we just praise the Lord for Judy mm -hmm. and for the fact that we can, we've been able to minister together these last uh, 31 years. Yeah, that is amazing. And she's a nurse, so that's opened some doors for you in ministry, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and she's always had a heart for missions even before she met you. And so right. what a good thing God did when well, he brought you We met together. in Haiti. I mean, yeah. hey, we I, met in Haiti. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, really. Amazing. Yeah. Really. So, so. Yeah, so I knew her first. She was, uh, I knew her before I knew you. And oh, okay. she was, she's our connection. That's how, of course, how I met you. And I'm so glad Great. that we've been able to be friends for over 30 years, so. Very, very nice. And uh, what a joy to celebrate uh, these many years that you've had together in service to mm -hmm. the Lord and to each other. Um, so, so great. So um, when did you receive a call into missions? Not everybody chooses that, but you did. Why? I, I think it's because the Lord worked in my heart. I gave my life uh, to him for, you know, his service when I was 14. I made my, I made that, de I made that decision wow, to so dedicate my life to the Lord when I was 14. I mean, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought I'd be a Christian school teacher, huh. but obviously God had other plans. 
Yeah. So were you, did people at school know you were a Christian? Was oh, that yeah. pretty obvious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, had its blessings and curses. Um, right. It, it was did. nice that people knew that because I wasn't invited to participate in a lot of things that could have really tripped me up. Yeah. But I did feel like um, I was left out of a lot of activities because people just didn't run around hang around with right. the goody two shoes or yeah. somebody that was going to preach at him or whatever. So, um, but you learned how to stand alone. Um, well, which I had is a pretty good too. group of friends. Good. That good, always helps. Yeah. Good, good group of, uh, high school friends. And, uh, a couple of those guys did give their lives to Christ after we graduated from high school. Okay. That doesn't surprise me at all because yeah. you have always been about collecting people. That's the, best part of your ministry is you find and cultivate friendships and relationships that turn into something else great. And so you've discipled so many people over the years and um, helped so many people come into a relationship with Christ and then um, equip them to serve and mm-hmm. to uh, to multiply the ministry that you yourself are doing. So that's another thing I admire about you, your ability to collect and to help people grow, um, connect and, con- and collect. So love those things about you. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, how you trained for the ministry. Did you? When did you know that you were going to accept a call to serve um, in a different culture, a different language, a different continent? I had the privilege of going to the Washington Bible College, which is now part of uh, Lancaster Bible College. Back then, the college was going through a missions revival, a student-led missions revival, and you know, I just felt that God wanted me to consider becoming a missionary. And I went to a, on a missions trip to Monterrey, Mexico. And there, that's where I felt God telling me that he wanted me to become a missionary, a cross-cultural missionary. Well, I mean, I think about my poor mom and dad because they had no idea what I was getting into. You know, I, I had an idea. I was because, say, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. But see, they had nobody. Okay. They had nobody. I mean, from my area where I grew up, nobody had been a career missionary. Yeah. And it was really weird the fact that when I went to Haiti, as a career missionary, beginning in 1982, they had nobody that they could talk to among their circle of friends who could, who, who could counsel them or who could give them shared experiences. Wow. And I remember years later preaching that sermon in front of mom and dad on Mother's Day at the church I grew up in. Wow. And that, I, people liked that. Wow. Because... Nobody really understood. And I don't even understand because I was the one going. I mean, hey, you know, I knew what I was getting into. At least I could see. But mom and dad had no idea. And uh, it's better, you know, better, better some things. You know, it's just, uh, I just, just. Let I him go. He'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So did you, how did you prepare? Were you taking languages in high school or did you have any friends that spoke Spanish? How did you learn? No. In fact, I got a D on my (laughs) Spanish. (laughs) Well, ha ha to your teacher. Yeah, really. No, no, no. She was great. I just didn't, uh, I didn't take it seriously. And when I began learning French, I went to Canada for a year to learn French before I went to Haiti. I realized, okay, I, I can do this. Wow, but Canadian because, French and Haitian French are very different. Right, but you see, the you school the, that I went to taught okay. inter, you know, international French. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. yeah, and that's what Haitians speak okay. in Haiti. So uh, that worked out okay. But you didn't stay in Haiti. 
Well, that's true. I mean, but we were there for 21 years. Uh, so you had to learn another language. Creole. Yeah. Oui, ma parle Creole. Ah, that's great. Quand parle Creole, parce que besoin pratiquer Creole. Parce que si je parle Creole, je Okay, that really makes you want to go hang out in the Caribbean right now. Yeah, it's really, the middle yeah. of December. I could use a beach. Yeah, you are living <laughs> no, no, no. the lifestyle. <laughs> Rocking that Creole reggae kind of sound. That yeah. is amazing. Um, so uh, tell us how you ended up there. Okay, Haiti, let's see. All right. This Dallas is Seminary. From, from da- Canada to Haiti. Yeah, That's okay, yeah. <laughs> Dallas Seminary. Before I went to learn French in Canada, during my years at Washington Bible College, I found out about a group called Student Missionary Internship from uh, Walt Baker, who was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. He is now with the Lord. Walt took kids, uh, college, seminary students to Haiti every year, every summer. And so I went on one of his uh, uh, summer missionary internship trips. Wow. And that was eye-opening. I mean, I could not believe it. I mean, I struggled with it a lot. It was rough, but the Lord used that trip to call me to go to Haiti. Clearly. And and the the, uh, differences that happened in your life as a result of that. Well, a lot of people would say that people need to hear the gospel here. So why did you feel like you needed to go someplace else, learn another language, change your culture and your lifestyle to do that? I think that part of it was for me. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I could even say my first term in Haiti, I grew up there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, no that. kidding. I mean, I grew up there. I went as a single and yeah, I really needed to learn a lot of things. And my first term in Jean Rebel uh, taught me uh, uh, a lot of things. Such as? Just how to, how to survive. Yes. How to survive. everything was different. You had to relearn everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just learning survival skills. Also, how to make ends meet on, you know, a little money. Because the, one of the things was back in that day, I was the first ever career missionary from my area. And I was with UFM International, now Crossworld. And we had to raise our own prayer yeah, and financial did. support. And let me tell you, that was hard. Especially when people didn't understand what it was oh you were my, doing. Oh, my, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, and also, people had to, my supporters had to learn to trust me. Sure. And so, yeah, I'm just out of college. I don't have a lot of experience. Very young. Full of dreams. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Full of hopes and dreams, just starting out. And really, they did not know, is this guy going to be, is this guy going to make it or not? And so given in being in that environment, I realized that this wasn't going to be easy, mm-hmm. but God provided. And yeah, it, it, yeah, I didn't have a lot of money, but I learned to make ends meet. And also learn to be generous at the same time. Because yeah. Haitians, Haiti, of course, where we were, and, you know, just tremendous needs. Mm-hmm. So when, whenever I could, I shared mm-hmm. as God directed me. And I was uh, grateful to be able to share what I could with uh, my Haitian brothers and sisters mm-hmm. there. 
that had to be scary because, you know, as Americans, we live in such abundance. So to do without and then to be, to have, to be forced to identify with the very people that you're serving, right. I suppose, is a gift. Right. But it didn't feel like that at the time. Uh, but you know the Lord. Provided. But your guy too. Guys seem to be yeah, a yeah, yeah, more yeah. resilient. Look, the Lord area. provided. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I did have a motorcycle. Uh, I did have okay for the last year in John Rebel. I did without a refrigerator because I figured out that if I did without the refrigerator, I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't need propane. I wouldn't have to mm-hmm. buy propane. So mm-hmm. I just did without the fridge. And we made do. Well, and a lot of people do that. They go to the market every day. And right, they right. Eat fresh yeah. and mm-hmm. healthy. And That's what we did. Yeah. yeah. And also, I was in my twenties then. Yeah, I know. So. Right? <laughs> there are a lot of things that we did in our twenties that we just although, couldn't possibly do. Although now. my mom said when I got home after my first term, hey, Bob, you really look thin after four years. You know, so you know that was that was uh, that was nice to be able to come home and eat mom's cooking again oh, yeah. for a bit. Oh, yeah. Well, Creole cooking tends to be pretty good. I imagine you learn to change your palate yeah, and but some of that. you got to understand, you know, I'm a single guy. I don't have a lot of money. And as a result, I, all right, here's... You didn't get a lot of here's invitations? One. Look, look, look. I tried to actually live or live on a, a $10 a week food budget. Wow. And this is in the 1980s, okay? Wow. Yeah, I, no kidding. I actually, I don't think I ever did it, but I tried. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you learned to be frugal with the Lord's money. So there was <laughs> yeah, that, another really, lesson yeah. that you learned. Well, um, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I want to hear all about the work that you're doing now and, that, and how you're applying the lessons you learned then to the work you're doing now. I hope you are enjoying our conversation with Bob Kay today. Maybe you know someone who might be interested in hearing his story, too please post this link on your socials and share it with them. Doing that helps boost our visibility in the pod world so others can find shows like ours that elevate, educate, and entertain. You can engage with us when you like and subscribe, rate and review, drop us a line at any of our socials at NowICPod, or visit our homepage at nis.media. When you're on our site, you can browse our author's page, check out our featured causes page, or scroll through our archives and catch up on any of the shows you may have missed in the hectic holiday season. We've got some great guests lined up as we finish out 2022 and round the corner into the coming new year. I hope you'll pull up a chair and join us at the conversation table. Now, back to our show, today with our guest, Bob Kay. So before our break, we were talking with our guest today, Bob Kay, about his adventures in Haiti, and we took a break at the end of his first term. He's going to pick up the story now at second term. Let's go. Okay, that's where Judy enters into the story. Which is my a great wife, story. Yeah, so really. Oh, my. Well, first of all, God had called me to a work on the island of La Tortue, which is just off the north coast of Haiti, and that's really where the Lord used the, you know, the rough and tumble of the first term to give us the ministry that he gave us on La Tour 2. I mean, all right, we saw we had three churches. When we left La Tour 2 some 15 years later, we had 10. Wow. I understand I did not plant them, okay? But I helped 
to yeah. disciple the guys who did. Well, and clearly the Lord was doing a work there, and you right. went to Right, uh, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. the, you remember Henry Blackaby experiencing sure, God? Sure, Find out where God is working and go join, join it. Yeah, That's absolutely. been our mantra. That's been what we like to do. Yep, sure So God that. provided a great ministry opportunity on Lot Tour 2. Our churches collectively grew from 700 to 2,200. Wow. Uh, we ga- God gave us 27 extension Bible school graduates. Wow. And he, he capped all that off with a, a Christian radio station. Wow, fabulous. Yeah, and God just, I mean, it's, it's like God, and God did it. God did it. I mean, basically what we did is, you know, we, we hung on tight. Sure. <laughs> he did the work, and we jumped in, and we hung on tight. You know, he called us to it, and we hung on tight. But really, it was, uh, it was a great I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was hard, but it was also a, a, a good 15 years that God gave us on a lot tour too. Well, I think that's where the good things really happen is when things are hard and they're bigger than right. yourself and you have to rely on God to do what only he can do. And, he and then it. he does. And you just stand back and, and you think, that yeah, was amazing. Yeah, and you look at it, wow, yeah. you know, what did God do? Yeah. We're just so yeah. grateful. And to get to be a piece of that is really, really fun. Right. So that what happened. And then Judy. Judy. Judy came in. Uh, she brought a work team from Irving Bible Church when IBC was at the Finley location, and I had the privilege of hosting them on Lot Tour 2, and the Lord used that team to matchmake Judy and me. Yeah, it was a good match. Right, and, <laughs> and they, those guys, they went, they came back to Irving, and they prayed Judy and I together. And and the thing is, those guys, they prayed, and I got hepatitis. <laughs> See? Yeah, See, really, yeah. No, I'm not out. making this up. It actually <laughs> happened. But you see what that did is I, I think had they to quarantine. God, he needs help, and God heard he needs <laughs> yeah, help, yeah, and it didn't. It didn't work. That's didn't what work. they pray. Yeah. That's actually what they pray. <laughs> God, this poor boy needs help. Maybe Judy <laughs> can help him. And yeah, sure enough, Judy did, and uh, she actually helped nurse me back to health. And That's what she does. In fact, she was reading. What do you do for a hepatitis victim? And you know, we we liked each other by then, and she read. She said. There's really nothing you can do for a hepatitis victim except provide emotional support. She closed up the book, smiled, and said, I can do that. Yes, she can. And she <laughs> and did. so she did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, still, and still, still doing it still some, does. Um, 31 years later. Yeah, it's hard to think of one of you without thinking of the other. Right, the right, so right. I love right. that so much. So God allowed you to do some amazing things, and you're doing amazing work right now. Let's hear about that. Okay, well... We went to the Dominican Republic, served there 13 years, worked with an amazing Dominican church, and they became our family. In fact, we hope, Lord willing, to go back and visit them in mm-hmm. February. Wow, great. If the Lord is willing. If. And then when Judy's mom's health started declining, we came back here to be with her, not realizing that God was calling us to a Spanish ministry here in Texas. And it was so interesting because you came off the field right about the time that uh, COVID happened and all these things. I was so glad you were here and not stuck somewhere else without resources and and, uh, access to people here and uh, our access to you as well. So um, you you look back now and you see, boy, God pulled all the strings. He orchestrated things beautifully. So what are you doing here now? Okay. 
Let's start with Red, the former, the former church that IBC supported. Okay, and I want to give a shout out to IBC and thank them for their support of Red, the little Spanish church that we had here. Here's what happened. The pastor who was with that church left. I became pastor by default. Woo, hello. Okay, <laughs> now, all right, we were about 25 people then. However, more than half of us from, were from Louisville. So about six months later, I enjoyed being the pastor, by the way. I really did. You're a great teacher. Well, thank you. And But the thing was, I realized, okay, if we're going to make an impact, we need to do something with this church. We were a commuter church. And so we received, actually, we received an invitation from Pastor Orby Perez, the pastor of the Prestonwood in Espanol, Louisville, the Prestonwood Spanish Church in Louisville, to work with them. Nice. And so we thought, well, more than half of us are from Louisville. Why don't we just go ahead and merge? So we did, and we flipped Red from being a commuter church to a community church. And Red, and the thing was, now, you know, when I I remember telling people, we're going to go work with Prestonwood, Whoa, you know, no, no, no. This was a mission church plant, a Spanish mission church plant that started in a trailer park. And the Spanish church at Prestonwood asked Pastor Orby to pastor it, which, mm-hmm. of course, he had started the mission church plant. This is where the, the story gets incredible. He had built that, God had used him to build that church up to 110 people. And then we had a lady in our church who wanted to apply to become his administrative assistant. And so we went to meet with him, and the lady says, oh, Pastor Orby wants to meet with you too. Wait a minute. You're the one applying for the job. Why does he (laughs) want to meet with us? Well, he just wants to. Okay. Well, then we show up, and Pastor Orby starts talking to me. Wait a minute. She's applying for this job, not me. Why is he talking to me? And then 30 minutes later into the conversation, he says, would you guys be willing to work with me? Oh. And then later on, I asked Pastor Orby, because we agreed to do that, and we agreed to, we agreed to merge. I said, Pastor Orby, what motivated you to ask us to work with you? Because you didn't really know us. He said, the Holy Spirit did. Yeah. Now, isn't God good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So we flipped red from being a commuter to a community church. So important. And I'm not kidding. Look, I mean... They have the records. We spiked from 110 to 193 in four months. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. The lady who applied, she started a youth group. She and her husband started a youth group. They had, and they had a youth group. They had nobody to run it. They had a women's ministry. They had nobody to teach in. That's where Judy came uh-huh. in. And then I called a number of men and helped began to teach the uh the word in other classes and that's what and i'm i'm convinced that red enabled uh the peel we'll call it peel for short to grow in that way and i just praise the lord for that well, i mean it's incredible 
other interesting things to help that grow too. Some amazing outreaches with clothing drives and food drives right, and, right. and visiting where people live. Like you said, it's so yeah. important to be in your community and to well, yeah. have people see your face and run into you at the grocery store and the post office and, right. and places. And you chose to do that. It's made a difference. Tell us about some of the projects you've done. That sure. Well, what happened is after COVID, of course, we had to review, we had to reboot and God has enabled us to maintain that growth, and we're grateful. Which now, is really remarkable because a lot of churches can't say that. Right, right. In fact, when we rebooted, uh, we, of course, dropped back to 90, but we're now at 180. That's the average, and we've been up to 300 uh, for Easter Sunday. Is that old Sunday. people coming back, or is that new people joining the family? It's both and. Wow, wonderful. Okay. here's And, and in, this, in this cycle, in this in this time, here's what God did. God motivated the associate pastor of uh, Northview Baptist Church, Pastor Robert Veal, to launch a ministry called Heart of the City. Heart of the City is a food pantry and also a clothing ministry. And what we do is we give away food, we give away clothing, we collect clothing from people who donate, and we give away food. Thank you, North Texas Food Bank, mm, yeah. and also the state of Texas yeah. through a grant that gives vegetables. Yeah, now that's that. how, and that's how God has provided food for the now what six hundred families that wow. come to us every that's week. That's yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean, yeah. which I can't believe I'm saying that, but it is true. Mm-hmm. In fact. If you want, come and see. Uh, better yet, come and volunteer with us. <laughs> Absolutely, people are going to want to know <laughs> because how to Because we involved. can, yeah, yeah. Because we have we have uh, need we have a need for like more than two hundred volunteers. Wow. And uh, some there is uh, some lifting involved if you want, but if you don't want to lift, fine, no problem. There's plenty of other uh, opportunities because part of the part of the. Uh, the dynamic of the food pantry, the heart of the city food pantry, is that we relate to the people who come to us for food. We just we just don't put food in the car, yeah. but we talk to them. That we, needs to happen. Yeah, yeah and that we needs to happen. we we if if needed, we counsel them a little mm-hmm. bit. If needed, and we also pray with them. And as God pro- God provides opportunities, we share the gospel with them. We invite them to church, and that is where some of our growth has come over the last uh, couple of years from Heart of the City. Well, I just see that God has used uh, so many of the experiences that you've been through, the insecurities that you grew up with, and, and being kind of an outsider and, and seeing people in need, being in need yourself, um, watching churches successfully um, grow and form and replicate. And God is using all those things right here, right now. And it's amazing to see how they're all coming together. Well, I mean, the Lord is so good. You yeah. know, the Word of and God says... And He's working says, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. So you mentioned that you have opportunities where you'd love to have some volunteers. Tell us a little bit about what you would like them to do and how they can get in touch, how they can find out more information. Okay. The easiest way is to email me, bob.k at crossworld10letters.org. That's the easiest way. Okay. And, of course, contact you, and you can forward sure. there. Sure, we'll put that in our show notes. Us. Great. 
Yeah, okay. And when you sign up, when you contact Bob at that address, you can sign up for his newsletter, which comes out monthly. And, no. and well, <laughs> well so you when, have a high when goal. The spirit, I, when the spirit leads. It sure seems like monthly. It seems like I'm talking <laughs> well, to you, you all the time. So <laughs> with you. pictures and news and um, events that you guys are hosting, ways that people can pray, um, ways that people can support. So when you contact Bob at that email address, you can get on his mailing list if you request. Um, but for this purpose, you can contact Contact him, find out more about the positions that he's looking to fill and mm-hmm. how you can get involved. Otherwise, right. you can support. Right. And these are volunteer opportunities. Other, uh, these opportunities, just relating to neighbors, helping them shop, also being a, what well, we say counselor, but being a, just a contact with them to talk with them, pray with them and share with them as God provides opportunity. Well, as the community grows, and a lot of times you're working with people for whom English is a second language, yes. um, people who are refugees or immigrants who are, as you did, learning a new language, learning a new culture, adapting to new ways of life. Things are very different here than where they came from, and you're easing them through the transition. I imagine you have some people that are helping you with uh, language things and mm-hmm. cultural transition. Oh, yeah. And in fact... All right, part of the Heart of the City ministry, which, of course, is in conjunction with the Spanish church. For example, my wife, Judy, teaches an English class. And because of the English class, we have a, a, just a darling young couple from Venezuela who now attend our church. Um, and they, in fact, they actually volunteer and help out at the clothing ministry. And I saw them last night. Wow. So sweet. And that, and that really is because they're struggling to make a living. They, the Lord has just provided them jobs. Well, in fact, the wife is still looking for a job. The husband has a job, but still the Lord provided so that he could get off work a little bit early so that they could come and volunteer at the clothing ministry that we have. Wow. Feels so good to make a difference in your community. So if people are looking for a good Hispanic church, I'm assuming the services are in Spanish. Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. Preston Wood in in Espanol, Louisville. Okay, great. And if people are not in the Louisville area, um, I'm assuming you wouldn't turn away contributions. How can people uh, pray for you and, and send support? Okay, well, thank you very much for, we are affiliated still with Crossworld, so as if you, so viewers that want to support this ministry can uh, give to our ministry at Crossworld, and that would be crossworld.org. Also, if, for those that want to give directly to Heart of the City, help provide Mm -hmm. food, then obviously it's heartofthecitylouisville.com. Especially right now at Christmas when there are a Mm -hmm. lot of needs, but they don't just end when the calendar ends. (laughs) Needs are ongoing, so uh, gifts and prayers are always appreciated. Well, this has been so much fun, and the time has just flown by. But I want to give you just the last few minutes. Is there anything you'd like our listeners to see more clearly as a result of our conversation today? Well, the Word of God says, "So so do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's Isaiah 41.10. One of the things that that has undergirded me the last five years, 
I found, Judy gave this to me. It's called Scripture Typer. And Scripture Typer motivates you to memorize the Word of God by tapping it out on your smartphone. Wow. Okay. She gave it to me five years ago. I began to work on it. And I liked it because you are memorizing the Word of God, and they also, you earn points for it, and the more points you earn, of course, the higher you go in the standings. Nice. So there's a competition You have an edge. You have a seminary degree. (laughs) Look, 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 look. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Judy and I are both graduates of Dallas Theological Seminary, and we're really grateful for the training Mm -hmm. we received there. The scripture typer concept was built on smartphones, competition, points. And because of ST, as I call it, God has motivated me to memorize more than 300 verses. Fabulous. And those verses, oh my, they come back to me at, okay, if I'm worried at night, Psalm 42, 8, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. Mm, so good. A prayer to the God of my life. So good. I mean, you know, yeah. Judy, Judy had a mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had cancer, yeah, mastectomy, but... and chemo. And I mean, Those I was... scary nights. <laughs> yeah. And yet, well, guess what? Man, I, I... It was like God used that verse and other songs... Mm-hmm. Christian songs to comfort me and also to just speak to me during the night. Mm. And as a result, yeah, I, I slept, I'm still sleeping good. Mm. Amen. <laughs> the power of God's word to change lives, to make a difference in our yeah. lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah, so instead, of, you know, cast, um, cast, all, cast all your care on the Lord and he will sustain you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he cares for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good to know. Um, so it wouldn't be fair to your church if we closed out this podcast, if you didn't give a shout out to them. So would you say hi to Peel Church? And you can do it in Spanish. Let's go. Okay, hermanos, increíble. Mis hermanos de Prestonwood en Español, Louisville. Dios les bendiga mucho. Y Dios les bendiga todo. Estoy contento de saludarles. Y voy a decir que... Ustedes pueden escuchar este podcast. <laughs> bueno. <laughs> and amen. <laughs> so oh, thank, thank you. you so much today for, uh, for this fabulous conversation, for bringing to our awareness the work that's happening right here in the heart of North Texas and in Louisville, um, and the work that you've been faithful to do as you follow God's call in, in wonderful places around the world. Thank you so much for your life and your testimony and our, your time with me today. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. And listeners, we'll talk to you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website, nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.